0: Life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns. And fees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs. blacklists, bounce
1: checks, great a Bachelorette. <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set. And middle acts, doing blow more, missing merch. And drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order
0: marathon and then your voice Sure, tough sure to level and Sure so yeah. um, It's just a got nice a distance. little
1: bit of a funky waggle noise to it
0: Golf term Funky waggle Okay
1: Wasn't that a comic strip?
0: That was uh, Howard's first band Funky waggle? What yeah <laughs> Yeah, before before Dragon uh, before Dragon Boy Suede <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, Funky Waggle
2: Yeah, it was a great 60's uh, uh, alternative comic
3: <laughs> um,
0: have you been, have you been able to be on the road to create road stories or have you been in town mostly uh, um, i just got back from
1: five weeks in canada oh okay but that right. wasn't that was for my wife she's working on the new christopher nolan movie up there Yes. oh well <laughs> <Very> <laughs> i figured that would give i figured that would give him a nerd boner
0: <laughs> oh my god so tell us everything yeah exactly well yeah i'll just rip apart this it's technically a road story yeah yeah spilling all the beans <laughs> on the chris nolan movie that your wife worked on in canada That, that was you yeah, on the road
1: that i you e- even, even not you working on it had to sign something that said i couldn't say anything do you know anything i know it's all on the internet like I was talking to my friend and I was like so what is it like I can't I was telling Howard this I'm like I can't tell you he's like oh I just googled it I know all about it don't worry about
0: it <laughs> I'm like okay fine I can't as long as I can't say it do you make your wife uh give up secrets of the movie uh during sexual moments when she when <laughs> her defenses are down yeah. and she's awash in uh, truth serum aka pleasure
2: oh yeah he's like oh
1: tell me about the second act break
3: uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> what's the arc what are the character arcs
3: <laughs>
2: hey maybe it's uh like a, a not a typical christopher nolan movie like it's like a boy band thing you know like spurlock just did the <laughs> just one, oh one
0: just did the one direction, direction. Yeah. so no oh my god uh let's say
1: that in sync uh reunion didn't happen for a re- not a reason there's a reason that would
0: be that would be amazing that be if it awesome? was it was some type of Neural chip or something, there was some kind of thing that basically put these boy bands in our consciousness. <laughs> but then when you start asking questions, you're like, I've never I actually seen them in person. Have you seen them in person? Oh, they were just here. They were? I think so. Yeah, wouldn't they? Yeah, because didn't they tour at one point? I thought I remember. I mean, in sync is it's like a reference to like a frequency. Yeah. So maybe they're just. <laughs> tuned into our frequency i've never seen an sync in person <laughs> oh that's not true i saw justin timberlake at a thing once or at least maybe i just I, remember I cl- that i do yeah yeah i, yeah. I can't prove happens.
1: by the way joey fatone listening to this right now we're just
0: blowing his mind <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna have it's this weird Institute. existential crisis that's gonna yeah. there's gonna be a there's gonna be a tear in the fabric of our collective consciousness <laughs> and then it'll just suck the universe into a collective black hole that's uh what
2: fatone is thanks for tuning in <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: uh, and again, thanks for tuning into to road stories, everybody. I am your host, Murray Valeriano. so fucking glad to be back. Oh, my we took five weeks off you guys. I don't know if you guys know that or not um five week hiatus it was up in Canada. We were just bitching about I'm back i'm glad i'm I was supposed to meet up with a few of the listeners. I apologize um being a stay at home dad takes up a lot of time. What's up with that, eh? <laughs> Dude, I'm tell- we we're on the outskirts of Calgary in Okotoks. Mhm. And it was like a Bob that's and not Doug a real McKenzie town. sketch. It's not a real town name. That's, that's <laughs> it's real, just Okatooks. 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 <laughs> it was like the the
0: accent is...
1: I thought they were kidding when I first got there. It was so
0: pronounced. Maybe they were saying that about your accent. Well, they Why were do too. do you have to be so xenophobic against <laughs> poor rural Canadians?
1: Because I'm yeah.
0: American.
3: <laughs> okay. I'm sorry.
0: Yes. All right. That makes it
1: okay. But when we first got there, it was rainy and like 55 degrees and I didn't have anything. I have a one and a half year old now. And... uh I, I didn't have anything cold for him. So I went down to the look, that's whatever their Walmart is. And I'm like, hey, where can I get him a beanie? I need to get a beanie. he goes, oh, I don't think the toques are in yet.
3: Like Tooks. Awesome. Wow.
1: This is a Bob and
2: Doug McKenzie sketch. <laughs> 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 so I'm back. Road Stories is back. Hey, you, you were a stay at home dad on the road. I was. I mean, that's kind of interesting.
1: I was. You know what sucked, though? Uh, Calgary had a huge flood in July. I don't know if you read about it. Half uh-huh. the town is shut down. Yuck Yucks was shut down until September. Oh, boy. Uh, both comedy clubs are <laughs> down.
0: So I didn't even get to perform. That That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. That's uh, terrible. I mean, for the town, not that you didn't get... I mean, it's a bummer that you get to perform. Probably worse for them that their town was flooded out that so many businesses <laughs> had to shut down. <laughs> well, it could have yeah. been worse for them. As they
1: but I guess now that I'm thinking out. about
0: it, yeah, daddy got to get up and tell his dick jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Uh,
2: nobody nobody likes a soggy Yuck Yucks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I would... <laughs> 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 I would imagine that being on the road with a one and a half year old is not that dissimilar to uh, comedy condos with some middle acts that people have had, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: or, or some headliners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: back when I was starting out, they're fucking babies. I don't. Yeah. Uh, I, I I just uh, I, I took a page from the uh, Louis C.K. book way way before I w- I really should have been doing this, uh-huh. but years ago. Furman and I, when we were getting ready for our Comedy Central special, opened for him in Tempe. Mm-hmm. And he was staying in essentially the nicest hotel, this really swank, just carved into the desert. And we went and hung out with him afterwards. And he was like, Yeah, I just, for me to make all of this, all the traveling bearable, I always just spend extra money and stay at the nicest place I can. I was like, Really? Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, pretty soon after that, when I, you know, when I was headlining, when I started headlining, yeah. I was like, I have to stay in the nicest places. And then, in the beginning, I was really just breaking even so that I could stay in the nicest places. <laughs> but it really does make a difference when you're when you don't cuz you when you get off stage after 3 or 4 shows yeah. and you know that feeling where you're just kind of like I'm empty and vacant now because I've scooped everything out and piled it in front of the audience <laughs> and I don't know
2: anyone here I don't yeah. know anyone yeah. here yeah. and
0: I don't I don't drink so I'm just going back to the hotel and right. being aware of myself and alone with my thoughts <laughs> and so I just need it you know like I just can't go back to like a sad condo or a really like a bummer a bummer hotel so I kind of I kind of got snooty about it and it totally did make a difference Oh yeah me.
1: I've done that, uh, real quick, let's get, so, just so we know our voices, but they have two distinct voices, uh, real quick, joining us is, of course, Chris Hardwick, and, ahoy, ahoy. and Howard Kramer, Hello. Uh, and I, I don't think these guys need any any introduction, the Who Charted uh, podcast, the Nerdist podcast, the Nerdist Industries, um, both specials, both have specials, Dragon Boy Suede,
0: right? Yeah, yeah.
1: Special hard and firm had a special mandroid out this year yeah, was great loved thanks, it man. put Thank it you. up on uh put it up on the YouTube Sweet. on my page
0: who Charted's great by the way that was really fun oh thanks come back to it I again would love anytime. to oh, I missed your episode I was, I'm <sighs> telling you
1: podcast saved my soul up in Calgary so oh I'm sure I was yeah. listening to everybody's but somehow I missed that would great both great shows I'm a big it fan is
0: of both uh tastic with the spine of actual events yeah guide the the show it's a, it's a people have listened to it they should listen to it which is wow. great because this has no spine at all this is. <laughs> It's just all. No just back Ours doesn't either. We just talk. We just talk. We're like we just talk for an hour and fifteen minutes, and there's not really a structure that guides us. It's just like it's like a phone conversation.
1: Although I was thinking, because uh, when I told my wife who was coming on today, she was like, "Oh, well, what's the what's what's the?" Because I usually have some sort of through line to my guests, and she's like, "Oh, well, what's the through line today?" I'm Like, oh, uh, but then I figured it out. I figured out. MTV. What the, Oh, we could all do MTV. We all could three all us.
0: three of us do MTV. Oh, I didn't even awesome think of that. Awesome story, one. single mount, right. uh, 18 and shows, a million you've never shows seen that, you. <laughs> you, that you wrote on, too.
1: <laughs> oh, that's right. I was thinking um, uh, an old variety show in the basement in Santa Monica. Somebody put on a variety show. That's where I first saw Harden Front. There uh, were lots Wendy, of shows.
0: Uh, Comedy w- Underground. W- Wendy, Wendy Wilkins. Wilkins. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. a Comedy Underground, right yeah. in uh, the uh, entrance on the alley between 4th and 5th, I think, off Wilshire. Yeah, yeah. Which it's
1: was a
2: comedy um, uh, uh, competition. Oh, there's oh a joke competition machine. there a competition We did Joke oh, Machine. Oh, Joke Machine. That's yeah. right.
0: Oh, that's right. Joke Machine was
1: there.
2: I, I have
0: the old um, – we we pitched Joke Machine as a show right. I still like can't believe 11, 10 or 11 up. years ago. And I have the reel that we put together, and you're in it, and mm. it's fucking great. There's a – you basically take out this giant figurine. Of, it was it was a comedy game show where all the comics would get challenges mm-hmm. and have to write jokes on the spot and you know different types of jokes. And it was fu- the show was the show is great. It was great. It was great. But really when you fun. when you look back at all the people who were on, it was everyone who's you know it was like Patton and Louie and mm-hmm. Sarah and Proops and Swartz and, and Galifianakis and Howard Kindler. and yeah. Kindler and, yeah, and, yeah. It was just, and Bamford. It was such a fucking amazing collection of people. And you did this one, Blaine and – you were up against Blaine and Patton. Oh, at Embar. At Bar and you yeah, pull yeah. out this Galactus uh, figure, this, <laughs> yeah. like, tw- this like foot-tall Galactus figure, and you go, hey, have you ever been – I think it was like you had to use a prop, and you go, you ever been doing a joke machine with a couple of fucking nerds and you want to distract them? And you just <laughs> set it right in the middle of the stage, and then Patton rings in and he goes, well, uh, speaking as a nerd, I – and then he and Blaine just start staring at it and lean in. They became mesmerized. And they were
2: mesmerized by Galactus. That was such a great...
0: That
1: show should have got picked up. That was such a good show. It was fun.
2: I got yelled at after that show for not winning it by an old agent. <laughs> how could you do that he was like he's like you gotta step up you gotta step up I, I lost to kindler in the finals and i was like this is like a thing with all my friends it's kind of in the spirit of fun and friendship he's like you gotta step up you gotta step up and then we just argued in the car the entire
0: way home well that was a window into what that guy's childhood was like right. yeah Either that he's
1: just a really old agent who rep charles nelson riley for match game <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> you gotta step it up
1: charles i'm sorry
0: <laughs> <laughs> Richard Dawson is so good.
1: But what I loved about that variety show is I, I got to see hard and firm really develop some songs there. Yeah, and uh, Dragon Boy Suede was really the f- first time I really mm. saw you working out your. It's uh, yeah,
2: you, one of the first places I did it in L.A.
1: And since we're talking about really funny Howard Kramer bits, um, this this show was in a basement it was just in a basement in an alley and how i remember howard coming on as dragon boy suede but staying off stage and doing a crowd chant like you say i say hey you say ho hey Uh ho, i say basement you say Uh (laughs) hot i say basement you say asbestos poisoning (laughs) yeah that
2: place uh yeah i don't know was that place up to code? Did, <laughs> I, don't think uh, so. I, don't, like I really don't think so. It
0: was really just an afterthought where they were like, "Well, there's already." It's, it's there's like it was like a storage to, room. Right. They are like, "Well, there's already chairs down here. We might as well." But, yeah. uh, but th- there's but nine comics wandering
1: the alley looking for something. To but do. I'll tell you what yeah.
0: though, and I think I, I think most comics would have to agree that sometimes you'll go into a comedy room. Where they go, uh, we're gonna put really nice chairs in here and a really nice sound system and serve really nice food. And rarely, in my experience, rarely do those places really do well. Yeah, it's sort of the shitty, almost speakeasy type places that really like the comedy, like Meltdown here, yeah, yeah,
3: mm-hmm. where
0: it, you almost feel like it shouldn't work and it's a secret place <laughs> and kind yeah. of a dungeon, mm-hmm. and those tend to be the places that that have the best
2: energy yeah. for a room. Yeah, Maybe no, it's because they, they spawn out of deep need. Like, we just have to have a comedy show. Put it over here. Maybe,
0: yeah. but I also think that, you know... I think ultimately there's this idea that maybe comedy should be a bit subversive mm-hmm. and it sort of feels a little more subversive when you're doing it like in a back room or a basement as opposed mm-hmm. to this is acceptable. We've spent a lot of money to right. make this comedy palace. <laughs> right. uh, so I always really I, I always like the kind of dingy. Yeah. You know, and, you
1: know, I, I kind of miss I, I say that until I work Vegas, but I kind of miss I kind of said I missed the old smoky brick wall clubs, you know, because when I came in, you couldn't smoke anymore. But then you go to Vegas and you're like, oh, it's smoky. And after 10 minutes, you're like, this fucking sucks. Oh, just the smoke worst. Every- yeah. Yeah, I did a week in Vegas in July and my clothes just stank when I got home. It's the and worst. I don't
0: smoke. The, la- the last time I did a place you could smoke, it was like 2007, I think. And it was cra- uh, Crackers in Indianapolis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're up on stage and there's this entire people, uh, you know, a lot of comedy clubs, some comedy clubs, the audience is kind of separate from the stage, but a lot of comedy clubs do this thing where they basically make the stage a countertop mm-hmm. and people are drinking like right there on the stage and then people are sitting behind them. And that fucking place, I, I got so sick because you're up, elevated, so your face is just catching all <laughs> of the smoke and they had a...
2: You're right where all the smoke Yeah, you're basically just a fucking smoke catcher. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And, uh... And I got so sick after that, and I and I was like, I can never do. And then, thankfully, after that, I, I don't, I I haven't been to a room anytime recently that where that's still allowed. But it is. Yeah, how did people live in the old <laughs> days? Where, just, I
2: don't understand how that was ever okay. Well, look at e- England. You know, did I they? Mean, yeah. the, well, like the pubs are still like that. You yeah. Know? And uh, yeah, they don't look like they're living that great. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, I guess it made
0: more sense when I did smoke in my early twenties. Right. But
2: then if you don't, it's you're it's you're so it's crazy. Like even when you go past a smoking section in an airport now, and you just like look in that little room, it's yeah. insane. It's it, crazy just to think that that. I mean, this. this <laughs> those, I <don't> want... <laughs> those are really. I was. I, I was trying to make. I was. I had a joke
0: that I was trying to make about that that I couldn't ever really make work but it was just the idea that you're walking to the airport and you're like airport airport fucking scotland (laughs) airport it's just like this box where everyone is just really sadly terminal 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 cancer terminal like i don't know i could never make it work but it's terminal 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 cancer yeah yeah yeah. but it just it, it, it it is kind of it is kind of creepy uh, and now there's a now now there's this commercial with Steven Dorff comes on and he's Ugh, smoking the blue, the blue cigarettes, and it's so funny. The very end he was like, "Hey, we're all adults. Help us get our freedom back." Yeah, and I like. Goes. Well, I don't know if it's really freedom if you're blowing smoke in people's faces right. who don't smoke. You're kind of opposing hey, but that. Hey, it's vegetable oil smoke. <laughs> well, that's okay. It was.
2: I love that he drops about five octaves when he hits that because he goes, <laughs> we're all adults here. Let's take our freedom
3: back.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get manly for this part. Take I
0: think that maybe that's just a lifetime of smoking. <laughs> yeah. He had no choices. He dropped, his, no choices. dropped his vocal cords an octave into the lowest Yeah, barotage. It was either a lot
1: of breath. It was either Mark Ag or Kumail who tweeted. Uh, thank Mark you, or Steve. Mark, a different. Oh,
0: I don't know, Mark Ag. No, he,
1: he's they're not at all related. They're not all related. But it was either him or Kumail who tweeted. Thanks, Steven Dorf, for finally making smoking look uncool. <laughs> 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 what I wanted to talk to you guys about, since you both have, I don't know, for lack of better words, musical alter egos. Okay, can we say that? Can we say that? Sure. sure. Um, how? Because watching that develop in. Uh, in that dank club, and then seeing you guys getting to special, how is that? How is that in that development? Like bombarding a club when they're going like you ever show up at a club and they're expecting regular stand up, and all of a sudden hard and firm come out or Dragon Most Boy's way. <laughs> well, we
0: stopped. We stopped doing music pretty much. I think after we did Cap City in Austin, mm-hmm. yeah, we were we were trying it for a while, and in theory it would work really well if. Your audience was coming out to see you, but at yeah. the time, it just they just weren't. And so when people when the when the average comedy a, a song is essentially a sketch, mm-hmm. and the problem is that once you're in it, you have to finish it. <laughs> right, <laughs> and if people aren't on board with the sketch, and our songs aren't jokey, they're they're funny if you subscribe to the point of view that we're coming from. Mm-hmm. But if you don't, then it's probably awful for you. And one guy at Cap City. We were doing our bluegrass medley of Radiohead songs, Rodeohead, which has no jokes in it. It's just like we're just doing bluegrass Radiohead songs, which is, I guess, amusing if you're very familiar with Radiohead's deepest cuts. I was going to say. Which most people are not. It's not Creep five times. No. And so this guy basically just stood up the entire time and went, boo, as he walked all the way out. And I think Howard might have been at those shows. And some dude came up to Howard afterwards and he goes, hey, man, you're going to be all right, but you should do jokes that people know about, stuff like barbecue and NASCAR. Do you remember that? <laughs> Someone came up to you and told you that you should do jokes about barbecue and NASCAR, you know, <laughs> stuff that people know about.
3: <laughs> that
0: his sphere of influence was everything that uh, that people <laughs> right, in right. know
2: about. And that was the manager of the club.
0: <laughs> Thank you. But we stopped doing clubs because we just felt like... Yeah.
2: You know, um, I, I second everything Chris just said. If you're doing those songs, people either, um, if they know you, and they sort of appreciate the sensibility, it can all go really well, but when you show up and half the audience never saw you before, that is a tough thing to commit to, because like you said, once you're in it, it takes a lot of time. Also, the music is loud, so you can't hear if they're laughing mm-hmm. as well as you can if you're just doing stand-up. So I always found it to be an awkward transition. Because
0: <laughs> you can only ask so much of the audience at once. Mm-hmm. You can kind of lead them. You can you can take them down levels, I think, but you can't at once go, hey, we come from this weird point of view, and here's a bunch of songs, and here's a, here's a song about patriotic dinosaurs. Right, like, right. They just, I, I think... The, the moment where it really was crystal clear what was happening was we were performing at Molly Malone's in Los Angeles, and we were singing this song called American Dinosaurs, mm-hmm. which was this sort of like Toby Keith song about how dinosaurs sacrificed their lives to give us oil, even though that's not where oil came from. But from this character's point of view, <laughs> sure. it did. And uh, this woman got up on stage and she was fucking hammered and she whispered in my ear, Why are you singing songs about dinosaurs?
3: <laughs> and I was like, That
0: encapsulates exactly what most audiences yeah. really felt about what we were doing. And then Furman and I played at Comic Con one year and, f- and fucking leveled. Oh, yeah, I bet. And it was like, yeah. Oh, we should. And this was like in 2006, maybe. Mm-hmm. We should om- we should play places where nerds are at and they understand our song about the numerical value of pi right, and right. not you know not right. in the middle not in, in the midwest where mm. the rooms are papered with you know free uh, ticket go Pie featuring right. one Dragon Boy Suede featuring way, one Dragon Boy Suede. One of the most hookiest raps ever. Well that's why we were touring together for a little while yeah, yeah. Howard would do his thing and we, we, we were sort of co-headlining oh, and he would do his thing we would do our thing and then we would do Pie and then he would come out and mm-hmm. then do the rap for Pie. And um, but it, it, was, it, it was fun. It, it was, was fun being with you. It's fun being with your friends. Sure. But and then also afterwards kind of commiserating like,
2: oh, well, they were a little better than the last show. Yeah. Oh, brought all these CDs. So I guess I'm bringing them back. Well, there's that <laughs> traditional
0: idea of comedy music that's much more like high joke per minute. Sure. JPMs, which yeah. no one says. Uh, and so <laughs> when they people do now. When people, do now. See it, when people see a guitar, they either go, ah, fuck, or they think it's going to be like Stephen Lynch where every oh, song yeah. has like, is really kind of aimed at the front of your brain and has like 50 jokes in mm-hmm. it and our songs are not yeah are not jokey. Yeah. Did you find that did you find that when you're like cuz I think absolutely a, a song like you won't sass me like that when I can Summon wolves is fucking amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But you know it's like it, there aren't really jokes in it it's funny right? like, cuz it's a, it's, a ske- it's like a sketch. Well, yeah. Unless you get Chris it,
2: Fairbanks behind you and a wolf head <laughs> yeah was always, yeah. try to add those visual elements that would be a good study of the form is to see all the different things we tried in order to get the audience That's on board why we, we, like we, the visuals the visual yeah. stuff you're absolutely
0: right when we first started doing american dinosaurs people couldn't understand they didn't grasp the concept of it and so we built a slideshow mike oh, is yeah, a, yeah. mike is a A Photoshop ninja. So we built a slideshow that mashed up dinosaurs and American Mm -hmm. iconography of like a pterodactyl soaring over the Constitution and like a T Rex stomping on a NASCAR track and you know a a Velociraptor at the Founding Fathers and and that that's what really brought that one together for Mm -hmm. us because then people got this visual narrative about the song and so. Then that just made it harder because, like, not only are we going places where we have to set up music where there's almost <laughs> oh, always yeah. some kind of failure because yeah. you're playing through PAs that are right, not right. set up to handle mu- any kind of music, but then also a visual element. So, that's a n- so many of our shows had fail points where it was like <laughs> I kicked the plug out of the projector or the sound
2: failed. Well, or was and- the, the, uh, the, um, you know, the concept piece you were doing, it was Tron. Oh yeah, the 13-minute rock opera <laughs> okay. about Tron that we did with Brendan Small. There was so much equipment on stage. what uh, well, it was a full band, and then we're like, "Shit!" So we cut
0: together this video for the song, but all we had was this like 13-inch CRT television set that we kind of just propped up on the stage <laughs> to try to give people a vision, you know. And uh, it, it turns out that at that time. It was before the, the Tron renaissance. Sure. Oh, rena- okay. Trons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, uh, this was like 2003. So most people were not on board for a 13-minute <laughs> rock opera about Tron, but it was really fun.
1: Do you remember when we watched Tron at your place? I just popped into my head. It was after The Gypsy one night, and we went back with Andrew Salmison, me, you... Chris McGahan, right? Oh, I must Newton, have been hammered. Oh, that, 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 <laughs> that was when we were boat <laughs> drinking pretty hard.
0: Well, Comedy Underground was hammered days too. Like I would still invite people back to see Tron now. Oh, yeah, oh yeah. I would just But then I, but at eleven o'clock I'd be like, I gotta go to bed. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't that just popped in my Tron head. I forgot died all that. About everybody. <laughs> and watching a... <laughs> and watching Tron with Andrew Salmusson is like watching, you know, Platoon with a Vietnamese friend. It's <laughs> just not fun.
0: <laughs> He's a, well, it was a it was really a uh, it 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 was it's always been one of my favorite movies and one of those movies that I I, I tend to watch every once oh, in a while. Oh, I love the movie. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for indulging that.
1: Oh, of course, Are you kidding? I'll be over tonight to watch it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I'll be out by eleven. We got things. Okay, to go. good.
1: Yeah,
3: you have
0: a one and a half year old now.
1: Um, I know you, uh, uh, hard and firm. You
0: guys would go out and open with a set each before music, right? When we were doing colleges, we would okay. <clears throat> but when we were on the road, we would either co-headline with someone like uh-huh. howard or paul f or or you know we open for louis sure. um some sometimes and then uh but yeah when we were doing a college we would we needed to fill a, m- a more time mm-hmm. and so because we really only had like uh, 35 minutes <laughs> right. of songs that we could actually play sure, just sure. the two of us so, we, so yeah, we would go to a college, and then Mike would do stand-up, and I would do stand-up, and then he would come back on stage, and then we would close with, like, five songs. And, and I found that to be a really good...
1: That's That brings me to my question to Howard, because you don't have that luxury of a partner to come up and split time with, so, but you also do jokes between your songs, a lot of jokes between your songs.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, a lot of it was just... Um I would announce the song and then realize all the stuff Chris was talking about before, like, oh, I don't really want to perform this right now. <laughs> so then I wouldn't do the song, and then, uh, you know, then I'd tell some jokes instead or comment on the fact that I don't want to perform and then try to force myself to do another song. So that kind of became the joke in, in, in that era. You never
0: knew which... Which bits were actually songs he had yeah. written, or which ones were just non sequitur throwaways? <laughs> can... I
2: confused myself.
0: <laughs> yeah. A lot of them, I think, just started off as non sequitur throwaways right, and right. then became songs, like "Buy You Clothes, Do You," and "I'm Taking Back." Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of those were just it was a it's a it was a brilliant mechanism for delivering short, funny jokes. Yeah,
2: yeah. it was almost like another form of one-liner in a way, like just to spit out the title. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What was your... uh, How did DJ Scratchatory Rape, which was your... DJ. Yeah, my DJ imaginary DJ how did uh, Scratchatory
0: Rape know how to when w- which songs to actually play and which ones uh, to well, not play uh,
2: that would be a nightmare too because Scratchatory <laughs> Rape was not a real guy it would just be I'd go up to the sound guy and go hey listen I do this uh, rap act and uh, I get in this stance and announce these songs and most of them are not real songs and it was like it put the guy in the position of having to pay attention the entire time which I'm sure Sure, sound guys love. P.S.
0: Oh, and you're saying sound guy like most of the comedy club audio people are actual sound yeah, yeah, engineers. Exactly. A lot of yeah. them are just like, oh, I'm a, I, I wait tables the other nights. Yeah, yeah. And yeah.
1: Chris I, couldn't show up today. You want to be on sound? All, the, all they're <laughs> supposed to do is like, <laughs>
0: welcome <laughs> to the improv tonight. Yeah, it's yeah. Dragon Boy Suede, everyone. <laughs> Drink specials, and then you start throwing these like, yeah. And then there's this, and you start giving them cues, and then it, and then it just all falls <laughs> yeah, apart. But that's kind of the genius of it is that I found that in the mistakes. They were a lot more fun than Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You I know? Mean, so I, I think that do you feel like that sort of makes you bulletproof where it's like anything can fuck up and it and you're fine.
2: Yeah, it's like you were saying about all the fail points with the technical stuff. It's just there's so many places the act could go wrong. So just okay, it's gonna go wrong somewhere and just have fun just with fucking it. Fucking wear it on your sleeve. Yeah.
1: Now, but then it all pays off in something like a like a festival, right? Like bum bumber what is it, Bumbershoot? shoot?
2: Bumbershoot, Bumbershoot is yeah. Bumbershoot will spoil you though because it's so, so it's better it's better than most festival shows because it's in a
0: dedicated yeah spot and those crowds are very engaged mm-hmm. and every show is full and they're excited to see comedy and it. You do you do a festival like Bumbershoot and then you're like, "Oh my god, I'm a super comic." Yeah. And then you go back to a club and you're like, "Oh, I'm uh, barely a comic." <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Can I have a beer $4? I, I made a terrible decision with my life. <laughs> yeah. But it's just that thing of you know, what what kind of comic do you do you want to be? Do you want to be able to make any room laugh? no mm-hmm. matter what which some people say you should sure or do you want to be the kind of comic that you're like no this is my very specific point of view mm-hmm. and I'll, my audience will find me and it'll take time but then you know eventually it'll it'll happen and and it does i think it works either way sure i don't think mm-hmm. you know one's necessarily better than the not other not to play
1: the devil's advocate but what if that point of view sucks
3: <laughs>
1: well, no, man, I'm bomb. I'm bombing in the clubs and I'm bombing in the theaters. But I'll find my. I'll find my audience. So it's like it's like, like Matt Dillon in, like in
0: Singles. This this just makes me stronger, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just makes me stronger.
2: I just keep failing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's why. It is, that's why. At a certain point, you we you know Mike and I decided we kind of went well. It, we could go find our. We could continue to do this and find our mm-hmm. audience and ultimately, but. You know, but what's really the end goal? Do we really just, as a duo, want to tour clubs? I think and this was really before. I mean, this really was before YouTube took hold. Yeah, yeah. And so now you see, like a like a Garfunkel and Oates is masterful mm-hmm. at utilizing digital space, and but they also. Ricky and Kate just fucking they never stop writing. Yeah, it seems like they'll release an out like Mike produces their albums and they'll fucking finish an album and a week later they're already writing songs for the next fucking album. (laughs) Mike and I were like Oh we, you know for us it would be like fucking Salieri like right. oh thank you lord for giving us this final note for this one song that we we've now have we six songs that have today. taken two years to complete you know <laughs> and it, you just you just have to i think if you want to make it as a, as that type of musical comic you just you your turnover rate has to be really high you yeah. got
1: a
2: pretty good you're but two albums in two years recently uh well i did two I albums i mean i know you have more than two, two albums th- Two albums in the last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, just because um, it just seemed like, like you were saying with YouTube, it's just like, um, it's almost like a television series. You just kind of have to have episodes coming out. You know what I mean? And people yeah. don't want to wait a really long time. And sometimes if you just stay in writing mode, then, you know, y- you may make, uh, I don't know, Robert Rodriguez, a director, said this. He took a pottery class, and um, the goal of the class was to make one great pot and half the class made one pot all the whole semester, and the other half made fifty pots. Oh wow! And the the, the side of the class that made fifty pots was more likely to have made one perfect pot. Oh, that's, that's genius! Cool. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, that's like you know when people say when people are starting stand up and they go, um, "Well, how do I start?" And you go, "Well, you just start." Yeah. But you you should try to do as you should try to get up on stage as many times as possible mm-hmm. because if you perform twice a month. And those shows don't go well, then in your mind, you're gonna go well, I failed. Yeah, but if you do thirty shows in a month, some of them are gonna be great. Some of them are gonna be okay. Some of them aren't gonna be great. Mm-hmm. but it just it just gives you more of a foundation of like, oh, I can be nimble and you know, and you learn more. and yeah, and I, I
1: love being out on a week because whenever I go out for a week and I'm down to like one week in a month with the kid, um I pick at, at least one bit. You know, even if I haven't been writing, all just one that I'm going to work on this weekend. And I've got, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six shows, you know. And so by the end of that week, that bit is now, well, one liner is now like, you know, two, three minutes, hopefully five minutes. So you get that. The more time you put on there, the more developed you can even stumble across something you weren't even thinking about. Oh, shit, that's funny. I'm going to keep that.
0: Yeah. Happy mistakes. Most of of my shows are like 40% crowd work. Really? Yeah. These days? Yeah, because. You could write new stuff that way, right? Well, it's it's for a couple of reasons. When I first started headlining, like, I don't know, maybe seven years ago, Mm -hmm. six years ago, it I just didn't have enough time. Like I had thirty five minutes and really twenty of those minutes were bad habits that I picked up doing LA alternative comedy <laughs> didn't work on the road. <laughs> bad habits. <laughs> I mean, people on the road don't really care about the audition process. No, and they, don't. they don't. They get industry jokes and they don't get right. deep nerd references. Right. And they don't, you know, so um, uh, so I just, as a survival mechanism, I just went into the crowd to mm-hmm. fill the time and it found that it was very hard to follow up my crowd work with my dumb jokes. Yeah, And so it just was a thing and and then it kind of evolved into well now I have enough time but it's just more fun to talk to the audience and it makes every show a bit different for me so that I'm not just reciting the same yeah. stuff over and over and and then and it also gives you the benefit of like oh I can develop new bits the problem is I record all my shows and I never listen to them
2: <laughs> the hardest record. thing in the world oh uh the, the few times I do it's just uh, they'll just They'll go to my grave that way. He'll <laughs> <just, that> <laughs> <It'll> tape <laughs> Tron over him. I yeah. should listen. You should
1: listen. Oh yeah,
0: I never do. You should because you know you always you always forget stuff that you said, and there is probably so many nuggets of things you could develop if you ju- if I or if I just listened. Yeah. And I don't, and then I forget, and then it's just like you know I probably have another hour of material of just fucking riffing with the audience because I'm just not. Well, how could I know? It.
1: For me, I can't remember when I go off on a riff. I can't remember what I just said. No, when I get off stage,
0: it's too in the moment and locked in your short-term memory, yeah. and it just doesn't absorb in your brain you really have to go through and and do <laughs> do the work like it's your job or
2: something <laughs> <laughs> like people are paying you to do it that being said none of us will ever do it
0: <laughs> no <laughs> no i'll just feel bad about it for a minute and then be like right well, anyway, i don't talk about that. <laughs> you probably
1: doing you probably don't do much crowd work
2: Oh, no, I do a lot of crowd work. Yeah. Um, I used to teach, but like way back in the day in Austin, I taught comedy defensive driving. Oh. So you'd be up in front of a crowd for six hours teaching them traffic stuff. So that was mostly just crowd work and just like and hanging out. That is an audience who does
0: not want to be there.
3: Right. So, that,
2: <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other episode. But, um, the, there were times when I would go do a set, you know, after having taught that class, and you're just so in the mindset of crowd work that I might like do like a 40 minute set with no jokes, where it's just like, okay, this guy, now this guy, now mm-hmm. that guy. So, have you that's ever fun. Uh, that? That's really, that'd be kind of a fun challenge is just to. Uh, go up with
0: no notes yeah no no bits yeah and and you just have to do crowd work for- Ian bag
1: that's all he's doing now.
0: I, yeah. had, I had to do it yeah. one time. Well, ba- Ian's fucking Im- he's amazing at One of the at best at work. it, if not the best
1: right now. He is amazing. He did at a, cra- he's doing his second special on all crowd work. His first special is all crowd work, and his next special is going to be all crowd work.
0: That could wow. be challenging, because I think crowd work doesn't translate as well to television, Yeah, because it's such a we're all in the moment together. Mm-hmm. But it, but his if first anyone, one was great. It if was anyone good. could do it, I yeah. think Ian could do it.
1: But the problem is you can't splice two different shows you <laughs> no. know because especially if you're calling back something from 15 hey, minutes that's ago not the guy who
2: was in 15c i love his, i love his bit about
0: where he's like he takes his <laughs> he's he's in his 30s but he takes that girl to prom and he's like hey mr bag what are you doing ah, i'm just dancing with your friend and later on i'm gonna put my fingers in her <laughs> 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 canadian maybe you know, the bag. bag of person, a person
1: I've, I've ever I've heard, heard when I put <laughs> my fingers in her fingers in her <laughs>
0: yeah but i the one time i had to do it was um uh i do voices for nickelodeon shows and they sent me on a cruise Mm -hmm. uh two cruises a couple like four years ago and they said uh, and they were they were nickelodeon cruises so all day parents are just like entrenched in kid time yeah so they said at night you can do stand-up in the main lounge. You're like,
2: like for who? <laughs> <laughs>
0: but it was all parents put on oh, the parents. Squidward outfit. It was not, a, I didn't have to put on a Squidward outfit. It was like, and I said to Nickelodeon, like, well, uh, it's kind of blue. And they were like, you know, it's fine. Mm-hmm. They'll all be adults and we'll let them know. And what I found was the audiences were very receptive because they were, it so, was so much kid time that they, ju- it just like blew off steam for them. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But there were two shows and, everyone stayed for the second show. Like, people didn't get up and leave for the 9 o'clock show after the 7 o'clock show. They stayed. And I'm like, why why do you guys stay? And they're like, oh, well, there's another show. And I'm like, no.
3: It's the same show. And so I
0: literally just was like – it was one of those split-second things of like, well – I better. I used to say to Furman every time we were about to go on stage, I'd go sink or swim. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Y-
2: you gotta. Yeah. So we sure. uh, that's crowd work. Time so it right
0: was there. just an hour of crowd work, and it was actually actually worked out okay. That's fine.
1: I like doing crowd work too, but sometimes it can get away from you. You know, sometimes you just open that door
0: and there's no closing it. Well, you start getting a really good sense of who the characters in the room are. Yeah, and who. It, you just you develop this like weird spider sense there's like this spi- and you know that someone just based off one reaction you just kind of get this gut feeling of like that guy's going to be a problem if i keep talking to yeah, him. yeah yeah or this person does not i had a guy in um, madison wisconsin which was fucking amazing uh he- but there was a guy in the front row and i'm just literally right on the stage and i'm talking to him I'm like hey man what's your deal and he just he's like don't talk to me. And I couldn't hear him and I was like, What? Please, please, just get the, get the fucking mic away from me. Ooh. And it was like one of those like serious moments. And I was like, and I didn't hear it first, so it just it escalated. Uh, and he got really upset and he was like, Just get that get the fucking mic out of my face. And he stood up and he started to walk out. And it was that moment where everyone was like, Okay, we're all in a thing. And people started to boo him. And uh and I was like, No, 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 let him go. Yeah, yeah. Let him go, he's fine, it's fine, don't worry. But if I'd been any less ex- less experienced then then that was the first 5 minutes of the show the show would been ruined. Oh but, yeah. But I was yeah. like, yeah, oh, you know, he just didn't he just he it turned out afterwards he he just has a horrible anxiety. So they really shouldn't have sh- Did you do one the of these G-
2: Governor Scott Walker ladies? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My dad. <laughs> so he so it was all it was all fine. Like if you don't if you don't freak out, the audience will emotionally follow your lead. If yeah. you don't freak out, they won't freak out. And It was like, "Ah, we had a thing. It's fine. Everyone's fine." And then the, and then the show was okay. The mm-hmm. worst is
1: having the opener or the middle do all crowd work and open that door and then leave.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> especially if you're not paying attention to their set. Yeah. Because then you're like, "What do you do?" And then they're like, "I've I, already covered this." Right. Right.
2: They expect you to already be caught up to who they are and what yeah. all their little quirks are.
0: But I don't like to I don't like to put I I don't put rules on uh middles oh i'm not saying you do i'm just so, some people do though like oh, some yeah. comics are like you can't do this don't do any of this kind of material don't do dirty material mm-hmm. don't do crowd work and i'm just like i don't know i just sort of feel like you should be able to follow whatever
1: yeah yeah somebody told me that early on when i was featuring and um i'm like hey we kind of talk about the same thing he's like well that's fine if i can't follow you i shouldn't be following you <laughs> so, Yeah, you know i'm like all right that's cool that makes a are lot of sense are you touring
0: a lot now
2: um, I did a tour with uh, Kyle Kane and we did like oh, a, have, did, a uh, have a Summer tour. Yeah, I want to talk yeah. about that. God damn so it. fun!
0: That sounds like an amazing show.
2: Yeah, it was great. And Sean Patton was on a few of the shows too. Mm-hmm. Where'd so you go? Good?
0: Have a summer.
2: Uh, have a summer.
0: Kyle We
2: did. We did, uh, <laughs> we did like the West Coast, so we like started in Seattle, then mm-hmm. did Portland, then did Humboldt, then did San Francisco, and then it, it clubs come, or rock clubs. It was like a mixture. Actually, it was yeah. like two helium we did in portland but then mm-hmm. it, like the I, love that, cause I love that i love that club then we did Cobbs in the sf but the other two were like little theaters how did cobs go it's such a big really? room yeah can you believe oh, i've never great. been even been inside Cobbs
1: are you serious out,
0: never performed in i'm, it? I'm there a cool room. i'm there september 11th through the 14th and i and cobs scares me because it's basically like a like a blimp hanger it's a yeah. huge cavernous yeah, it room goes deep yeah. and it goes deep And you can have 250 people in there and it still feels kind of empty. And the stage is really high and you're talking down at people. And it's. People rave about that place, though. It's. Because when it's full, it is. Oh, okay. It is an amazing room. But it's very. But if you can't. If you don't fill it, then it's. Then it's like. Yeah. You know, it feels like. it feels like 10 people at the punchline. Right. You know, which <laughs>
2: Keep true. it extra dark out there. <laughs> I don't want to see the back.
0: A, can you just put a curtain? I brought my own curtain yeah, for exactly. such an occasion. <laughs> I'll just get off the stage and just get in the crowd. <laughs> I did I had that once at um, at um, Laughing Skull in Atlanta where they make you do two shows mm-hmm. a day because only 75 people fit yeah, in the room. Yeah, it's a small room. And uh, it was a few years ago before people were coming out to see me on purpose and 10 people showed up to one show. So I basically just put a chair on the stage and brought them up one at a time and interviewed them. Oh, that's
2: cool! Yeah, that that's what would happen in comedy defensive driving. It'd be like four <laughs> four people literally would show up and be like, "Oh, this is gonna be six hours." So it's it's basically just a hang. Yeah, it's like, "Who are you? What's going on? How many kids?" You just yeah, you just totally get to know them.
0: So is that was that like your? Crash course training, kind of like the Beatles, and what was it like Austria in or Hamburg, whatever? Where they had yeah. to play, Hamburg, Hamburg, Germany. Germany. Where they just had to play all day. Yeah, basically Howard yeah, just cavern popped,
2: club. Yeah, we just <laughs> popped uh, speed like the Beatles and just <laughs> did seven shows a day. And,
0: yeah. <laughs> that West Coast tour is fun. We did the Furman and I did that with Reggie Watts in two thousand and five. Mm-hmm. I think. Oh, that's yeah. fun. And uh, but no one showed up to any of the shows, and and they were really fun shows. We did like the Doug Fur and the Triple Door mm-hmm. and the. Someplace on the outskirts of Washington, um, on the outskirts of Seattle, mm-hmm. and then fucking, um, yeah, and then a rock club in San, in San Francisco. And, you know, it was like Reggie doing his full thing and us doing our full thing right, right. for, you know, like eight people. <laughs> yeah.
2: But beautiful part of the country. Yeah. So were you, what would you like? Would you guys alternate? Uh, Would you close every night or? Um, For this, because it was kind of the have a summer theme, I was kind of like hosting it, like the way they used to do on um, Comedians of Comedy. Like I would kind of just host it and then everybody would do their thing and Mm -hmm. then come back up again at the end. Well, that's cool. How many people? Well, on the shows? Yeah. Um, Well, like there would be like usually four. Four. Would you pick up any local? Sorry. Uh, Yeah, there'd be like local guys because Patton could only, Sean Patton could only do a couple of the. uh, the uh, Dates the, Dates So then, Howard's getting a, a phone call right now That's so why he's having a brain He's getting fart. a
0: blocked call I think it'd be really funny To go into <laughs> someone's contacts That syncs to their iCloud And mm-hmm. just change everyone's name To blocked <laughs> <laughs> Damn it I've avoided iCloud What? You I've shouldn't a- I, Well here's
1: why Because my brother got it And now every time I text him His wife gets all his texts
2: Well that sounds like a problem With their marriage More than <laughs> iCloud Can I say Real quick Yeah Tough cloud <laughs> <laughs> it's bad
1: cloud
0: work. <laughs> uh, I just built off Howard's. Job. No, I that understand how really you so tagged it. Really it was really good. Premise. He's going to use uh, it. I, this of us sounds really, really gr- great. And but I also I remember uh, my question is about the economics of it because. We were, you know, Furman and I were always approached. are like, oh, you, you know, you should go out with like three or four comics, like, Comedian is a comedy. And then you just kind of start delving into the economics of it. Yeah. And you're like, everyone's going to lose money
2: if we do that because it's, yeah. you can't get a guarantee, you can't get a big guarantee mm-hmm. up front. And yeah, that was one of the difficulties. I guess basically um, it needs to have sponsors to make that kind of a model work. I guess that's true. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. We're hopefully aiming in that direction. Uh, Explain to the listeners who probably know,
1: but the whole have a summer thing.
2: Oh, Habasama is basically just a—it's an international movement. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> Did it start here at Meltdown?
2: Uh, it started here in town. Um, the, the first festival was here, and we've had four of them now, so that's been great. Basically, it's just the idea to, to enjoy summer, to, to treat it like a special time of year like it was when you were a kid.
0: But there's no way to not say it in your voice. Have a summer.
1: Have yes. a summer. Yep. <laughs>
2: Pick up those albums. Go
1: Off ahead. topic. Did I or did I not see you one time at the beach with a surfboard in
2: your arm? Maybe so. A uh, long time ago. The, yeah. Uh, not, not related at all, but there's a fellow by the name of Johnny Hardwick who um, there is.
0: Yeah, he worked on King of the Hill.
2: Yeah, he's, he was oh, the voice of Dale name. Gribble yeah, on yeah. King of the Hill. He had a beautiful house there in Venice, so we used to surf uh, when he lived in town.
1: Okay, so I thought I saw you there once. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then off topic, off topic, there's also a, a comedian named
0: Dick Hardwick? Yeah, there was a comedian named Dick Hardwick like was? in Did the 80s. I don't,
2: I don't know. know. He's still around.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just remember there was a club in West LA called Igby's. Oh yeah. yeah, before my time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is now a strip club called Plan B. Uh, oh, was that where that Igby's was? Yeah, that's where Igby's was, was around the corner Bill of my Hicks's house.
2: last set too was there. Was it
0: Igby's? Yeah. Oh shit, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Well, they they had all these comics names like in little um, plaques on okay. the wall, and I never met Dick Hardwick, but I saw his. And, and and I saw that and I was like, oh, it never occurred to me that the way you could make my last name worse would be to fuck up the first name. <laughs> <laughs>
3: like, when I never saw
0: it, like, why would he go by that? And like, I think that was sort of a maybe maybe it was an '80s comedy choice. It
1: sounds
2: like it, yeah.
1: I uh, somehow I opened for him for a Ralph's corporate one time, and it was Ralph's employees, not Ralph's corporate. And he's very corporate, and he had like a drum set on stage, and would do Buddy Rich impressions, mm-hmm. and then we put fake teeth and do like a hit character oh wow uh, they were not having it man no oh. <laughs> they were because it was all 20 something ralph's employees you know <laughs> right. this was in i don't know probably 2000 or 2001 and they were just in the back going they
0: want to hear jokes about nsync and produce yeah, and yep. about his first name dick
3: <laughs> <a
0: summer>. it's <laughs> still summer now no it's not anymore actually we just got over summer
2: what began uh, at midnight was what we call still summer.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it is still, still summer. A summer. <laughs> I
2: mean, the, the government takes it away from you, but it's still hot out and it's still calendar summer. And we so. live in Southern California, man. We're in fucking there you summer. Go. It's yeah. That's probably I summer like it. through October, yeah.
1: So when you guys uh, were working out your specials, and this goes from Dragon Boy and Hard and Firm and Mandroid, um, is that just, how long is, from the, hey, Howard, we're going to give you a half hour. Mm-hmm how long until
2: tape oh boy it felt like it was maybe four or five months for me yeah i remember um i found out about about that bowling alley at that bowling alley in santa monica i got a call from my manager and the, then, a- the uh, amf bowling
0: alley
2: yeah that one saw luke skywalker in there one time oh Mark really? yeah
0: that's a good that's a that's a good uh and the joker right from the Bayf- yeah he played joker on the, on the batman, batman, they, and were, the batman they were series. eating
2: in the cafe there and, the definitive Batman uh, <laughs> all right <laughs> yeah, let's not was, start a fight <laughs> There was five guys and they were divvying up the check at the end and it was just it was just Hey, you're Luke Skywalker. Hey, Did you say hi to him? Pick up a check. I, I didn't <laughs> I, I was uh I was getting nervous around you know, I, I don't usually say hi, but that's the Bay, Bay, fr- Bay,
1: yeah, Bay, Bayshore, 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 Bayshore yeah, Bayshore
3: it's,
2: right lanes next, on it's on Pico, Pico next, oh, I know it,
0: next to Bay Street. oh, I've bowled there, oh, I know,
2: uh, anyway, to answer your question, uh, I think it was, a. it was several months, okay. and then, uh, you know, they just want to see jokes written out, they want to approve them, and, and, um,
1: I was going to ask what kind of kill ratio from the network there is, like, how much is getting killed,
2: uh, I remember, it wasn't too bad, my my lead up to it wasn't too bad yeah it's just that like right 10 seconds before i was about to take the stage i had a drink in my hand and the producer said um what's in the drink and i said it's just juice but i say it's vodka and they're like you can't say that and it was <laughs> something that had been approved for for months and months and months so it was like here's your special okay you're getting ready to do your special 10 Nine, eight, hey, what's in that glass? And they kinda changed up the whole thing. Hey, before so. you go out, I'm gonna punch you in the balls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I still did the joke, but then I kinda backed off of it a little bit. So yeah. the ramp up wasn't bad, but the last ten seconds were super tough.
0: Yeah, I bet. It's uh the process I think for half hours is different than hours. Yeah. Cause Furman and I it took us two years, two or three years to get a half hour special. Mm-hmm. Every year they kept saying like the set's not tight enough, there aren't enough jokes in between, it's sure. just songs, and we were very loose in between. And so we worked really hard and toured a lot and tightened everything up and then finally got it and we did have to approve everything. Uh and it's really funny to write everything out and submit it to their legal department and they come through and they say and they they just in very flat terms say like, um, you can't say come right here. I mean, like they just respond very yeah. clinically to, you know I mean, like that's that is hilarious in and of itself. Is sure. submitting a set to a lawyer and having them tell you what you can and can't say but then they explain it in in legalese but um but the hour special And by the way the process was actually pretty pretty great for yeah. us. But um the hour special they didn't they didn't say anything they oh, really? were like oh yeah that's fine and you know like i got to have an approval of the edit and it was a really great process now, was this oh, a
1: comedy really central yeah. or was this yeah. your own and then no comedy no it was central. comedy central really? the entire time and, and they and, give you a final cut on it. yeah i mean wow. well
0: uh, i think if if there was anything that they had felt butted up against any kind of directive that they had like maybe you they taking
1: were, a shit on a comedy central yeah, sign or something, yeah
0: yeah or, or whatever then um You know, then maybe that would have been uh, an issue, but they, Mm -hmm. but they were really cool about it. Actually, the hour special, they totally, they were like, no, no, it's your special. Maybe
2: it seems like by the time they give you an hour, they just sort of trust your sensibility, and it's it's not like those the the half hour that Comedy Central presents. They're sort of a production company making a bunch of those. Well,
0: I think it's also I think it's also the regime at Comedy Central. I think, you know, before the um before
2: it, alt was mainstream <laughs>
0: <laughs> well now there's just there's a there's sort of there's a regime there that's very much into comedy and yeah. stand up and getting stand up back on television and I, and so i think they're just looking at it more from a stand up point of view no, that makes so sense. it was really like i don't know my 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 special actually both of them were totally yeah. pleasurable
1: i remember back in the premium blend days you really didn't have to go through that much work but then when you would see your set your 10-minute set or eight-minute set, it was a minute and a half. <laughs>
0: <You> <laughs> know, you know, would just go in and up. edit after. The evolution of comedy specials from like 99 to present, mm-hmm. 98 to 99 to present, were really, first it was, you know, like, you know, the premium blends and then the half hours and if you mm-hmm. got a half hour, that was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Then if it played a lot, because they they didn't have that many, they just reran the same ones all over again. It people would would tour like Dimitri, people like that would tour just based off that. Mm-hmm. Then they started giving out hours, but only to like the top 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 one percent of comedians. Right. Then they started building up all these half hours, and there were so many they had like hundreds of them that they didn't rerun that often. And then the same thing started happening with hours. I was like, well, now they have like you know they do like twenty hours a year yeah, and everything. Yeah. So it's you know it really is. It really is your responsibility to promote your stuff. You, sure. can't, you can't rely anymore on like, oh, I'm sure they'll be it all the time. They just can't because yeah, yeah. They, they have so many specials banked in the last 15 years.
1: So when you get that call and you got six months or whatever you said, do you just hammer it every night or do you uh.
3: –
2: I don't know. It seemed like for me, it's like um, by the time I got that, I kind of knew what all the bits would be. Uh They were kind of like a greatest hits type of set. So it was like I didn't have a lot. I needed to actually go work out. I mean, it's always good to expand. Sure, sure. Did you hate it by taping time? Yes. (laughs) Way before that, of course. I had the complete different experience, which was
0: that in in uh, Nov at the end of November, twenty eleven. I got the call where they said, "Hey, we're gonna give you an hour." Uh, it tapes at the beginning of February, and oh, at that wow. time, I I really only had forty minutes or so that I really was like I really liked. Mm-hmm. And you kind of need seventy, yeah, for an hour special. You need extra so they can put extra on the DVD. You can so if anything doesn't work, they can tighten it up. And so from november to the beginning of february which really was you know if you take christmas out was really only like two months mm-hmm. like the holidays and everything i was like a fucking it was like it was like a physical <laughs> challenge okay i'm gonna fucking do this mm-hmm. and so I, I worked you know every day and got right. up everywhere i could and and just and basically built the last 20 minutes and the arc of the set and the theme of the set in two months so it was sort of a it was a fun challenge that i Kind of felt like, oh well, it was a sink or swim challenge. Like, right, oh well, right. I'll fucking see if I can do it, and if I can, great, and if not, I tried. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. good that you have such an amazing work ethic. Like, I'm wondering how many people would just fucking drop
0: the ball on that. <laughs> <You
3: know? laughs>
0: I kind of like that though. That, yeah. that that sort of like gets me going. I don't feel, I don't feel uh, oppressed by a you know, oh, I have to do this in two months. Just like, okay, fucking, we'll just Let's figure do this, it in two months. Figure this out. Like, yeah, it actually. Yeah focus me I I mean if they hadn't come along maybe it would have been another year before I had gotten to get everything together yeah
2: if that stuff could happen more often I think it would be good for comics just sort of those kind of deadlines that force a bunch of writing and kind of force you to rise to the moment it seems like with Chris Rock with his specials it's like he gets really focused heading up to those and the the deadline and the event it kind of makes it all happen
0: I always (laughs) want to be a Berbiglia type Mm -hmm. where I write every day
1: I think it's just called the berbiglia,
0: <laughs> The berbiglia, <Seinfeld>. The <laughs> Like it's my job, but I just don't. Yeah. And so I just, I work very well with deadlines mm-hmm. and like, and oh, now I have to focus on this. I'm good at putting out fires. Well, mm-hmm. here's a
1: question for, because Howard, you do a lot of writing for television also, right? Mm-hmm. And so do I. So you spend all day, let's say you spend all day on writing, but you're on Beavis and Butthead. Right. The, la, the, the only thing I know is because we did the writer's show at... Oh, yeah. yeah, Bridgetown, and that's what you're working on at the time. A fun show. So you go go on staff, you're there all day writing, and then what? Come home and write your own stand up? Yeah, it's such a pain in the air. It's so hard to do.
3: There's
2: only so much creative uh, flint. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so uh yeah, when you when you have a job like that uh, that that's that that demands that takes a lot of the CPUs you have for creativity. So yeah. it's better to um like if you're just if you're working on stand up to just kind of work on stand up.
0: That's why Louis is so fucking amazing cuz he would, you know, he would work on Conan or the Chris Rock show mm-hmm. all day and then sneak out to go do a set or two and then a lot of times go back to work wow (laughs) i mean it's uh, yeah it really is sort of a it's a very specific type of person who can who
3: who i know dude
1: i was working on a show in glendale and i had a spot at the ice house five minutes from my office and i for some reason get out at one o'clock in the afternoon i have to drive
2: all the way back to santa monica Oh man! I didn't do the spot at the ice house that <laughs> night. <laughs> <laughs> Travel in LA is very daunting when it comes to stand up. Oh yeah,
1: if people bitch about not being able to do two sets in one night. If you live in Santa part, Monica fine.
0: and you have a set at the ice house, that's essentially like doing the road. <laughs> it is. The it ba- road. it really is basically is. the road. It's it, an hour. It's an hour away. An and no hour traffic. and a half.
1: An hour and a half. Because you got to get the four hundred five. Oh yeah, it's
0: hour. all. It's all. you know the californian sketch on snl is must be ridiculous to most of the country but it is so fucking accurate (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you live in los angeles because it is just these fucking it's a bunch of towns that were not well planned connected by habit trails of traffic right Mm -hmm. and and (laughs) it is just you all day long you just navigate those habit trails and (laughs) that's all we have to talk about how did you get here
1: there's an article on uh, in uh and something I just, remember, maybe is on Huffington Post about why we refer to the high freeways as the 405 and not like high interstate 405. And it's, I don't even know why I went down that road. I can't pay it off. Why'd you go down
0: that
2: 405? <laughs> hey. hey, Carmageddon on that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I always ask this
1: question before we wrap up. Any. Any death gig that you remember starting out, Howard? Any just absolute shit gig? Uh, yeah. In, and it could be after you've been established.
3: They still uh, happen.
2: <laughs> well, uh, uh, you know, back in the beginning, you kind of accept anything. Sure. And then especially if it, like, pays any money, you're like, oh, wow, like, I'll get $20 to do comedy. There was a um, real estate seminar in the daytime in Austin <laughs> in a small room. <laughs> And uh, I've already figured out four things wrong with that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Daytime. And, yeah. And so uh, basically it was just real dry talk to whatever level of real estate people these were. And then just like me sitting in the back on a folding chair. And then as soon as the guy got done talking about what he wanted to say, he goes, okay, and now we're going to have a comedian. Um, his name's Howard Kramer. And um, he's right back here. Enjoy. I mean, it's like, it's one it's one thirty two on a on a Wednesday. You know, it's just it was just bad. And then uh to make matters worse, I thought it would be funny. I, I found at a thrift store I found a Century Twenty one, like a silk shirt that had Century Twenty <laughs> One print all over it. So um I was a big weirdo on top of it in a dumb shirt and had to come up and talk to people about who had just been eating dry pie. So yeah that was awful dry pie that was the name of a band in the 90s too right my i saw
1: my coachella uh, chris uh, i know you touched on a bunch this is like your third time on this show i think
0: well let's see there was a um maybe like 10 maybe like no 12 years ago or so uh 11 or 12 years ago my mom was dating this guy and he had a corporate retreat at a hotel in santa barbara or mm-hmm. something and
1: Oh, I don't think I know this story.
0: And so they uh, they said, um, you know, we'll give you a couple thousand dollars if you, you know, you should come do stand-up, you know, and we'll come do a performance. And so um, my girlfriend at the time was uh, Andrea Savage. Mm-hmm. And Andrea was a groundling, like she was a groundlings person. I just
1: ran to her the other day, by the way. Oh, me.
0: yeah, she's yeah. great. So uh, So we built this, I didn't really have an hour of... Stand up that I thought would work for them because I was still, uh, you know, deep in the alternative comedy mm-hmm. trenches and I just didn't think it would really fly with the, these very corporate y sure. people. Um, and corporate people and uh, don't really mix with our kind well. They just, we just don't really speak the same yeah, language yeah. Oh, yeah. a lot of the time. It's, You know, it's like the arty kids versus the fraternity and sorority people. Right. And we just don't have the same vernacular. But anyway, so we built this thing, basically this show around this fake motivational thing. Um, And we had like trust games where it was like, you know, we had one guy get down on the ground and, you know, like put his arms behind his back, and it made it seem like he was blowing another guy. Like <laughs> this, we tried to do all these these things, but we weren't off book, uh-huh. uh, and I was still drinking at the time, so I was I was a mess, and so like, we had the scripts on the stage, and it just it was not... And then afterwards, just like that one douchey like, frac guy type, afterwards it was like, yeah, you did okay up there, but uh, I probably could have done that. It was like one of those, you know, he was drunk, and then I just felt bad taking their money, but, right. but, but I took it anyway. Oh, sure. But I think... One of my favorite moments of like uh, – and it wasn't even that the show was bad, but Furman and I did one of these shows at the Steve Allen Theater. Mm-hmm. At the Local Center theater in Prairie. town yeah. here. And um, it was – I wish I could remember the guy's name, but the, it was basically a very macabre show that mm-hmm. was sort of themed around death. And Furman and I wrote a song – called Death of the King which was all about the death of Elvis Presley from the point of view of what happens when the body decomposes oh yeah I remember that song and yeah, yeah. so uh, so it's just all these chemical processes about how the body breaks down and mm-hmm. um, so uh, <laughs> so we're about to go on stage and the guy before us is an embalmer at maybe Hollywood Forever or something and <laughs> right before we're about to go on stage he's talking about <laughs> he's talking about infant deaths oh <laughs> And Mike and I are standing backstage, listening. Like, what? What's happening? And, and then it's just like the last thing he says. He's like, you know, and sometimes I'll just look down and I'll just see one of them in the coffin, you know. And I gotta like, I gotta do my job. And I just look down and I just look up to God and I go, man, why? Why not me? Why this beautiful child? Why not me, man? Why not me? And then he got up stage and like, please. Hey guys! (laughs) um, You kind of like in that moment, you either hope that they're ready to have some tension release. Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's one of those moments like infant infant death is just one of those things that people don't bounce back from quickly when it's in in detail. And so, like, (laughs) you come (laughs) out going,
2: someone had to follow that guy. Why not me? <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> Speaking of death, here's yeah. how this is gonna go. <laughs> well, yeah, with, with um, those kids. Yeah. But uh, but it was, uh, and it, you know, it was a very beautiful thing the guy was saying. Sure. But we, we should not. He maybe should have closed the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that was a, an instance where of like, eh, maybe that's one instance that you shouldn't follow. Yeah. That, that's one thing. Uh, that's
2: you an follow. instance where you where you tell the middle, hey, don't do any uh, stuff of. <laughs> talk about Sid, how baby. you're an embalmer
0: <laughs> and
1: about, uh, burying uh, children, and yeah. then we should be okay. I'm talk
2: about Sids if that's all right.
0: <laughs> Speaking
1: oh, of Sids, come on! It's right used, around the corner. What?
2: There used to be oh, Great Deli, Sids. There,
0: there was Sids baby furniture. <laughs>
1: yeah, right. It used to be right over here. I remember it. Sids baby furniture. Wow. Joe Wilson or,
0: had a joke. Ab- oh, he did. Joe Wilson had a joke about it. Uh, there's I a keep... joke about that. <laughs> it was a place. Should have gave it to the embalmer. Jesus. Sid, it was a place. Yeah, it was a guy was named Sid. That was not his fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, he probably should have gone with Sidney's baby furniture, I but would he think went so. with Sids baby furniture. And they are not still open. (laughs) Hey, guys.
1: uh, So we're going to close with that? Yeah, why not?
2: (laughs) Can't follow that. (laughs) I got to get home and my kid.
1: So. uh. um where can we where what can we where can we, catch, where, where can we catch you next we got who charted on the earwolf network excellent oh, yeah. one of my favorite podcasts
2: ch- oh thank you Check out Ear, earwolf uh, uh all the programs who charted and uh 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 pick up my albums howard kramer Bandcamp.com. there's five albums up on there and excellent. I'll be putting out a stand-up album in a couple God months
0: Damn, that's a, that's incredible
1: yeah Maybe. right and I got, you know <laughs> <laughs> I got. uh Chris uh you probably don't have anything going on right now uh well there's a
0: Nerdist podcast in there um, <laughs>
1: An hour later. I'm doing, uh,
0: <laughs> I'm, da- doing a- <laughs> I'm doing a show for Comedy Central that starts October twenty first. That's the late night talk show, right? Yeah. Well it's not really a talk show. It's more okay. like um it's more like a. a it's kind of like a stand up comedy game show. It's comedians. Oh, awesome. It's comedians and then just sort of fucking around with shit that we found on social media that day. Right. And um and then so yeah that and um pilot or series it's a series yeah. it'll oh, be awesome you yeah, got yeah, picked up great yeah um it'll be on at midnight it's called that midnight okay awesome and uh yeah so so and cool. then i'll be in san francisco september 11th through the 14th and then and at Cobb's, and then at the wilbur theater in boston on the 27th of september and then in durham later in the year
2: excellent no tour dates
1: any tour dates coming up
2: uh
1: i just did them all i, oh, gotta, make right.
2: some, I gotta i gotta write some new ones
1: all right deal um guys thank you so much thanks for uh, uh, giving me my five weeks off uh, I'm glad you guys are back I'm really glad to be back um, and what a great show to start off with thank you guys road so stories much yeah. Talking
0: about the stuff on the road Do you know Furman did my theme song now oh he's the best he's
1: so great Furman did my theme song I love the theme song and it was really kind of that tone <laughs> <laughs> a little bit um, hey guys I'm now with all things comedy network bill Burrell Madrigal's uh, network I'm really excited about no offense Nerdist. I'm really excited
0: I mean, listen I fucking love both of those
1: guys <laughs> i'm really excited to be part of this network uh i'm really looking forward to good things a lot of great shows oh, are on come there
0: dear, taking it to the road <laughs> bill burr and madrigal oh. digital
1: um, catch us at <laughs> la podcast festival this year we'll be there uh, i haven't lined up any guests yet but uh, i'm sure New i promise it will be a kick out
0: media <laughs> yeah.
1: get it on your ipod
0: getting social
1: I'll be in Vegas <laughs> at Harrah's uh, Improv uh, this fall and uh, shirts are in the store sorry I meant to meet you guys shirts for I forgot what
0: the fuck man
1: Jesus um, yeah. where are I'm
3: our
0: shirts that we were not promised apparel. but now we know that we should have gotten I know I never give Clothed out the shirts don't worry about it I always forget
1: Code stories <laughs> don't <laughs> give out shirts to the
0: girls
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> every once in a while I get a text from Fairbanks going I still haven't got my shirt where <laughs> is
2: my te- really really I, I do man it man. and I don't get a shirt really <laughs> 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 Mary, I did his show And then I'm gonna punch him in his face Because I didn't I didn't get a shirt
0: That's a uh, Harrison character Chris Unfairbanks
1: <laughs> That's the best Two best impressions ever man yeah. That was awesome Guys thank you so much uh, Check these guys stuff out man When they come through your town See them live they're awesome And thank you guys for listening We'll see you next week
0: Give Mike. us some more road stories You wanna know about life on the road it's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And these fights, candle flights, running with the and runs and Blacklists, bounce checks, great, a bachelorette <laughs> Drones in the front, making out for your set And middle acts
1: doing blow more, missing merch and Drive the rental car past another mega church. And juice keys,
3: vagina fist, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon